1: Join me, Emily Tisch-Sussman, every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and there's Jerry, and this is Stuff You Should Know. Are you all hopped up? <laughs> I used to be, man. I used to drink energy drinks a lot. I think I remember that. Especially, I would definitely drink at least one before we would go on stage, um, and That's I could right. tell a big difference uh, between not doing that and doing that for sure.
3: Yeah. So I just want to caveat all this. I don't want to like sound like a Debbie Downer with how I talk about energy drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, I find them disgusting.
0: Like the taste or like the whole concept?
3: The taste. Okay. Absolutely not for me. Like I don't even really drink soda ever. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, a couple of Cokes a year, maybe, and a couple of Fanta oranges, maybe a root beer, like six or seven. I've talked about this before. So obviously, if I'm not even into soda, really, an energy drink flavor wise, it's just, it's a lot for my tender taste buds. Uh, but I'm also just not a, a caffeine hound. I don't, I don't, uh, and I know a lot of people really, Maybe depend on this stuff or enjoy it and like <laughs> to be uh, uh, energized in that way, but it, it's just not my style. I don't like the heart racing feeling. I don't like feeling ganked up. Um, it's just not. It's just not my personality. So uh, if I do sound a little like energy drink, uh, you know, like a, a little thumbs downy, mm-hmm. then. That's kind of where that's coming from. It's just, it's just not my bag. To each his own. Don't want to yuck someone's yum. Right. Uh, although we will get into the sort of the uh, whether or not they're good for you, obviously. But uh, I just wanted to caveat this episode with that.
0: Yeah, we're not going to let this one turn into the vaping episode. How about that?
3: I don't even remember what we said in that one.
0: Oh, we we poo pooed every we did bit of it. We did, yes, didn't we? <laughs> Quite overtly. Yeah.
3: It's kind of playing out though now, right?
0: It is, because I, I can tell you just anecdotally, I'm seeing way more people smoking cigarettes these days than I did five, ten years ago. Oh, five really? Years ago. People are
3: going back yeah. to cigarettes? or
0: Yeah, that was the whole problem with vaping. It was like people who had never smoked were like, oh, vaping's good for you, I'll try that. And then they're like, well, I wonder what these cigarettes are like, and now they're hooked on cigarettes.
3: Oh, interesting. Yep. Or the vapors were like, oh, it's not so awesome to just puff huge clouds of uh, coconut pineapple flavored garbage
0: chemistry
3: (laughs) it's gross yeah all right so energy drinks right
0: yeah i mean i bring up the vape episode not just because of that but because energy drinks do kind of bear like a weird similarity to it like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of chemistry going on there's a lot of unproven claims and yet people are definitely into them there's no denying it and i won't yuck anybody's yum either i don't really drink them much anymore but i do enjoy when occasionally when i have more to do than usual in a Particular day, right? Okay. But, but, um, I'd say we start out with the history of energy drinks, which, I mean, you can make a case that Coca Cola was an energy drink when it had cocaine in it, but energy drinks as we understand them today actually start, um, back around 1949, uh, in Tennessee of all places.
3: Right. This is, uh, in Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, the first, well, I don't know about the first, but it was, well, it definitely wasn't the first, but it was a part of the early medicinal soda trends uh, mm-hmm. that was going on back then, along with Coke. And we're talking about Dr. Enough, E-N-U-F, uh, <laughs> which started in 49 with uh, – it was basically like a soda, but they had some potassium and some B vitamins thrown in. And it, it was and still is. It's still around. It's hard to find, but you can find it here and there in certain southern states. Um, yeah. But it's not everywhere. Like, I've never really seen it on shelves.
0: I've never even heard of it.
3: Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't seen it on shelves in Georgia. But um, I think it's marketed as sort of like one of those, like, old kind of tonic elixir sort of things.
0: Gotcha. Um, the, so, okay, so that's established as the beachhead of possibly the first energy drink. Um, what, what really kind of takes that that mantle and runs with it is something called uh, D. That's how I'm pronouncing Great it.
3: Great name. For a marketable drink.
0: doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. And, yeah, it sounds like it would taste really awful. And apparently it did. But it came out of Japan because back in the 50s when it came out, Japan was, like, super into working 14 or 16 hours during the day, eating, standing up in, in like, five minutes and then getting back to work. Like, basically everything, like, if you ever saw, um, what was that? automaker movie with michael keaton gung ho yes if you ever saw gung ho like that that caricature of japanese business it's not entirely just completely stereotypical it's not based on just nothing you know what i mean
3: yeah but this was in the 50s when methamphetamines were uh pre-1953 in japan at least uh were legal and like there were All kinds of like fine, upstanding citizens across (laughs) the world eating uppers basically to get more Mm -hmm. done. And they, you know, like I said, they weren't illegal at the time. I think there weren't people out there screaming about uh, ill health effects. So all they knew was this was go juice Mm -hmm. and I can get a lot more done. And they, they certainly, at least in part, helped fuel that kind of 1950s Japanese business work ethic.
0: Yeah, it also helped Jack Kerouac write on the road in like forty-eight hours on a single long sheet of paper, <laughs> as I understand. One hundred percent. So um, the Japanese were into amphetamine, like most of the world was at that time. Um, but then the the Narcotics and Psychotropics Control Act was passed in that um, in that country, and they said no more methamphetamines. Everybody, you're, you're getting out of hand. Um, and so the the Taisho Pharmaceutical Company said. We can't use speed anymore, but I suspect that people are going to really want something that that makes them feel that way. So let's come up with an elixir, and that elixir that they came up with was lipovitan-D.
3: That's right. Uh, And it was initially um, served as a pill that had something called taurine in it, which uh, is derived from originally from ox bile. Mm-hmm. But uh, they synthesized it you know a long long time ago uh, and we'll we'll talk about what that is more but it's a key ingredient in modern energy drinks mm-hmm. uh, but they made that into a liquid. They served it in a little glass bottle called an ampule and it had a little membrane and you could stick a straw through it and it became kind of the go-to uh, and it, it was small it was sort of a, if you've ever seen a five hour energy mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of that size it looked like
0: yeah. And Japan was like, this is great. I don't know why you took the pill and turned it into some disgusting tasting like liquid that we have to drink, but we like it. Probably because it hit you a lot faster. That's what I'm guessing. And then there was a guy who was running that company at the time, the Taisho Pharmaceutical Company, that was making D, And he said, you know what? Let's make this tastier. Let's add some flavoring. Let's add more of like a soda feel to it. And that is when it really started to take off. And that is, in 1962, um, what you would consider probably the first modern precursor of a genuine energy drink as we'd recognize them today.
3: Yeah. um, A couple of decades went by. And then in 1985, uh, Jolt Cola came along. Oh, man. Uh, which was invented by a gentleman named CJ Rapp. Uh, it was highly marketed as a uh, just a, a super caffeinated uh, cola. Uh, what was all, the slogan? It was all, like <laughs> all the sugar, twice the caffeine.
0: That's right. <laughs>
3: uh, and it had 72 milligrams of caffeine. And I think, a, isn't it Coke somewhere between 50 and 60? Wait, how many milligrams of caffeine? A jolt had 72.
0: Oh, okay. All right. I thought you said 700 for a second.
3: No, 72, Uh, which is, you know, 10 to 20-ish milligrams more than like an average soda, I think, which isn't like a ton. But at the time, he called it jolt. It had the lightning bolt, and this was at Mm -hmm. a time in the mid-'80s when— Less was more in, like, you know, fewer calories, fewer caffeine, like, kind of less everything. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really swam against the current as far as a kind of a marketing thing.
0: Right. I used to love that stuff. And I don't know if you remember, but we mentioned it before on the show, and they sent us some some Jolt. Oh, really? hmm I don't remember great, seeing that. I, 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 don't, I
3: don't know if I ever even tried it, to be honest.
0: Oh, well, it tastes like cola that's super sweet and really get you going
3: i mean it's still around i think too right
0: yeah i just i hadn't seen it in forever so i was really happy that they sent some
3: uh but 84 if you jump back a year is kind of when if you think about american style energy drinks Mm -hmm. was the birth of that movement
0: yeah because i mean jolt cola is like all in fun it's about being hyper that kind of thing but it's not like uh, uh, it's not like a drink that's designed to give you like a form of energy that you can be productive with or increase your performance with. And that seems to be like the baseline point of energy drinks. And that really finds, well, I guess Lipovitan D really fits that bill. But the one that we would recognize today that started in 84 um, was found by a, um, a German toothpaste marketer named Dietrich Mateschitz. And he was hanging out in Thailand at the time, and he came across a tonic syrup called Kreting Daeng. <laughs> It wasn't it wasn't that like my my context messed up and I <laughs> <laughs> couldn't see. Like I wish you could have seen my face because I'll bet it was hilarious. Oh man, that was great. can we read Krat- that in there, that pause? Sure. All right. Crating dang.
3: Dang. Okay. <laughs> so what does that mean, Chuck? How about this? Why don't we take a break and we'll what oh. talk about a cliffhanger and we'll tell you yeah. what that means right after this.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: your contact?
0: It's fine. I've got this new thing where I'm trying. So, I've got, um, what am I? I'm nearsighted. So, I can see things really well close up when I don't have contacts in. Um, and my, my um, optometrist split the difference between you know, farsighted contacts and nearsighted contacts so that I can generally see things close up and I can really see things far away. Yeah, so okay. I'm, I've got, like, two different powered contacts. And every once in a while, if, like, a like the paper gets a little too close, it all just gets blurry. That's what happened, okay? Full disclosure, everybody.
3: I love it. These are the details people want to hear.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> sure.
3: All right, so where we left off was in 1984, Dietrich Mateschitz, uh was... Uh, marketing for toothpaste, was hanging out in Thailand, discovered the tonic syrup called Kratting Dang. (laughs) (laughs) And that was developed in the mid-70s. And if you want to translate that into English, that means what? No, I set you up for it. You take it. (laughs) It means Red Bull.
0: Yeah. And you might say, oh, okay, Red Bull. But where'd the Red Bull come from? Its origin story is even more complete than we've led on because the Red Bull refers to taurine, which is, again, named after bulls. Taurus is the bull. And the reason why it's named after bulls is because it was first extracted from ox bile, which is awesome.
3: Right. So if you ever heard, I kind of remember early on in Red Bull's life when people would kind of spread the urban legend that there was like bull urine and stuff like that in it. And that's how (laughs) it's derived. I remember that. Yeah, I totally do. None, obviously, none of that is true. It may have had something to do with the ox bile uh, origin. Surely.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing so. And the fact that there was trace amounts of bull semen in there.
3: Uh, <laughs> no,
0: just not bull urine. That's uh, crazy.
3: But like we said, that that had been uh, synthesized for decades. So it's not like they were using real ox bile anyway,
0: right? Exactly. So um, Dietrich Mateschitz, who he went from marketing Blendax toothpaste to um, taking this tonic, the Red Bull tonic, Kretang Dang, Kreting Dang. Just can't quite get it. Yeah. Um. And he he said, I want to do something with this. I think people are going to go crazy for this. So he got his hands on a license. He spent three years like turning it into a carbonated beverage rather than just a tonic syrup. Messed with the taste. Came up with a great marketing plan and launched it in nineteen eighty seven in um, Austria and Germany to to great success.
3: Yeah, he sold a lot of it in early. Just kind of from the beginning, Red Bull had a very guerrilla-style marketing thing as far as those cars that you see that are that uh, are—I don't uh, say—wrapped in Red Bull ads and uh, have the can on them. Yeah, and like Red Bull parties and stuff like that. Uh, They had animated TV commercials over there that were really catchy, Mm -hmm. and it really caught on. Not only there, but it obviously worked its way through Europe eventually found its way to the U.S. where it became um, tied to car racing and uh, extreme sports. And uh, you and I even did that, uh, what was it, like a... (laughs) Soapbox Derby. Soapbox Derby where we were called upon to judge the Soapbox Derby, right? Who was it? Was it Young Jock? I think so. There was a rapper that was with us.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And like a couple other people. Nice guy. Oh, he was great. Um, I don't remember who else was up there, but yeah, it was. That was we a weird judges.
3: thing, but that was a Red Bull event, and they they sponsored a lot of those kind of things. And that was, you know, they were marketing to younger people who, you know, Red Bull gives you wings, and uh, right. it's sort of like the extreme sports angle.
0: They sponsored that jump, the the highest jump from the stratosphere ever ever done by. Oh, man, I can't remember the guy's name. I want to say Casper something. Do you remember that?
3: Casper Weinberger.
0: No, no. <laughs> You never jumped
3: out of a orbiting satellite like this guy did. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, I remember I that.
0: Yeah, so that that was a Red Bull-sponsored thing. That's definitely, like, up their alley for sure.
3: It's so interesting advertising that if, like, oh, you're going to – anything where people have eyeballs on it, they're like, well, can we put our logo on your chest? Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense. I mean, that's – I don't know.
0: It does. It's like that guy who uh, – the airline pilot who landed the – plane safely in the Hudson, and no one died. Like a few years back,
3: did they sponsor and, him?
0: No, he wasn't sponsored. Oh. <laughs> but he took that he took that spotlight, and he used it to um, to basically share with the public the plight of like um, airline pilots and how they're like mistreated. Um, and it's the same thing. It's like a bunch of people are paying attention to you all of a sudden. Are you going to say I'm sponsored by Red Bull, or my uh, my colleagues are really being mistreated by the airline companies? Let's let's do something about it.
3: Right. And I'm not poo-pooing it. Obviously, the irony is not lost on me. I know that's how we make our living. So please save your yeah. emails.
0: <laughs> we're always walking around with Red Bull jackets on, the leather yeah, eight ball exactly. Red Bull jackets that we're contractually <laughs> obligated to wear.
3: Uh, but Red Bull was a pretty big success right away. Um, held a lot of the market, like the lion's share of the market share early on in the early 2000s, uh, I think 70 to 90 percent. Uh, in 2001 of the market share. And mm-hmm. obviously when something is selling one and a half plus billion cans of something <laughs> a year, people yeah. are going to jump on board. And uh, then you got uh, one, two, three, basically four other really big players who ha- stuck around.
0: Yeah, Monster, which is a, a, a juggernaut, it was actually la- launched by, you know that uh, Hansen Soda, the all-natural soda? I don't think I do. You've seen it. If you've ever been to a decent deli before, they okay. have Hanson soda along with New York seltzer and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's this, like, little little soda brand that just keeps plugging along, but it's it, like, touts that it's made of, like, natural, like, ingredients. They launched Monster. And they went from, in 2003, a company with $50 million in revenue. They m- launched Monster Energy Drink that year. And eight years later... They were making $1.7 billion (laughs) in revenue. Wow.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they have about a third of today's market. Uh, There's NOS, which uh, I see those signs all over convenience stores, but Mm -hmm. honestly, I never really paid attention enough to know what it was. But that is an energy drink. It was launched in 2005 by FUZE Fuse, uh, which was bought by Coke. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think Monster owns them now as well, right?
0: Yeah, so they own the number two and number three most, I guess, best-selling energy drinks. I've also seen it pronounced NAS.
3: NAS, it probably is. Yeah, but that's it, how little it's been, I know about car racing.
0: Well, I had to look up a video where somebody reviewed it to make sure that's how you say it. So I'm with you. But it's um, it's it's like a nitrous oxide booster, like that part in uh, Black Sheep Sure. when uh, Chris Farley and David Spade are driving the stolen police car, and they're tailed by real police, and he pushes the nitrous oxide button and just takes off because it injects a bunch of combustion into it and really gets it going, that's basically the premise of this energy drink.
3: Still haven't seen that movie.
0: It's okay. It's pretty
3: good. All right. Uh, Then you've got, of course, Rockstar. That was launched in 01. Uh, That is owned by Pepsi. And, you know, you see a trend here with any beverage, any beer, if you're Mm -hmm. some kind of cool small brand that's selling a lot of stuff one of the big dogs will come along and gobble you up pretty pretty quickly and i think that's the goal for a lot of these companies it's like you know a big payday uh apparently rockstar is kind of going down in the market right yeah
0: yeah year by year Uh, apparently it's it's a discount um uh, energy drink. It's about half the price of Monster, but oh. they have a very limited an- amount of um, flavors. Okay, and I think that's the way you make money in that biz is like having fifty million flavors.
3: Half the price, half the flavor. <laughs> right. That's their logo. <laughs> that
0: that used to be mine. I used to like Rockstar a lot, and it was like it just wasn't nearly as like noxious as some of the other ones are. Okay, but yeah, it's it's fine.
3: Uh, and then you've got plus, your plus. Five- you can't
0: beat the price.
3: uh then you got your five hour energy that's the one i mentioned earlier uh you will see these little guys it's like a shot basically by um the cash register area Mm because they're not refrigerated Uh, and they were launched in 2004 by living essentials and this was kind of harkens back a little more to those uh asian elixir tonics that were sold in the early days in the 60s
0: right and one reason that the big guys, the big players in the soda market started buying up energy drinks, smaller companies, is because their own attempts at them were almost across the board failures. Uh, Coke Energy was probably the longest lasting one. And they just announced, I think, this past year that they were going to stop making it. I never even um, heard of it. You could have very easily looked past. It was like a thin can that they. if you weren't looking for an energy yeah. drink, you, pro- you could have gone your whole life without knowing it right. existed. Um, Vault, which was, I was sad to um, to see that go. I used to love that stuff. But it was a little more along the lines of like Jolt's vibe than like an energy drink vibe. Okay. Do, do you remember that stuff? That used to fuel me in the early days of of recording.
3: Yeah, I remember Vault. Okay. I don't remember Pepsi's uh, Josta. Never heard of that. <laughs> Me either. Uh, and I don't remember uh, Nelly, the rapper Nelly had Pimp Juice. Never. I don't remember that. <laughs> no. And I mean, there's plenty of others
0: too, Chuck. There's more than you can shake a stick at. Apparently, in 2006 and 2007, 200 new brands were introduced. And you've got you just there's tons of different brands, and some of them are kind of like. Um, still tapping into that early, like, extreme vibe. Like, there's one called Redline Extreme. Uh, Then the others are, like, kind of, like, going after niche markets. One's called Nerd Focus. And then (laughs) Sunny D has gotten into it with their Rise, R-Y-S-E, energy drink.
3: I can't believe there's not a Z in that.
0: There's not. I think they were satisfied with the Y instead of the I.
3: <laughs> like you can't bastardize two letters. <laughs>
0: exactly. They're like, we're Sunny D. We can only go so far. And then also there's Bang. I think there's people who are energy drink fans who are screaming at us right now. You can't not mention Bang, at least if we're going to buzz market all these guys.
3: Sure. Uh, what about Muscle Buzz? That's a good one.
0: Is that for real or are you <laughs> making that up? Just made it up. Oh, because I could see it both ways. No,
3: it, it totally could be a real thing. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sure there are still smaller brands out there, like you said, that they, they have their like loyalists. Yeah. Uh, but whenever you're talking about something like this, it, it seems to boil down to like four or five kind of of the big big boys. Um, right. And big boys is right, because uh, I think a couple of years ago, uh, the global market was about $45 billion total. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is – Ed Grabanowski helped us out with this one. He does point out that, um, like, statistically, if you look at, like, the Wall Street Journal, they'll talk about Europe and Russia and North America. But those are just because they're traded publicly. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that in in Asia they still have some of the um, hot-selling smaller tonics that just aren't, you know, publicly listed like that. Right. At least not on the New York Stock Exchange. No. Who needs it? So –
0: so, you said in 2020 it was worth 45 billion, right? Yeah. I saw predicted by 2031, less than a decade from now, it'll reach $108 billion. <laughs> oh, wow. And 90% of that will go toward nerd focus.
3: <laughs> that's
0: my prediction.
3: Uh, we should talk about what's in these things, right?
0: Yeah. Um, first and foremost, Chuck, is sugar, sugar, sugar.
3: Yeah. They're very sweet. And that's probably why, like, I like sugar. I like. You know, ice cream and and desserts and things, but
0: yeah, just get a bag down from the counter and a spoon, and then you go.
3: <laughs> I don't love sugary, really sugary drinks, though, mm-hmm. uh, as evidenced by my lack of cola consumption. I think that may be one of my biggest turnoffs out of the gate is just how sweet they are.
0: Yeah, man, you're really doing yourself a favor by avoiding that stuff.
3: I mean, I already have the weight problem. Can you imagine if I drank like six or eight sodas a day? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, I mean, that's. I like wouldn't be the, around. The, that's the easiest way to drop a bunch of weight, if that's what you're looking for, is dropping, like putting so, soda. And apparently also, um, this is, I, I can't back this up with any study, but anecdotally speaking, um, uh, zero sugar or diet is, is just as bad, if not worse, somehow, that we don't fully understand yet.
3: Yeah, Emily used to be a Diet Coke fiend and totally gave it up probably, I don't know, six or eight years ago. Oh, good for and her. And noticed a big difference in her life, you know?
0: yeah. I I believe it.
3: Uh, So, sugar-wise, a 16 ounce uh, energy drink has about 50 to 60 grams of sugar. That's a lot. That is a lot. If you look at the same size Coke, uh, has about 39. So, this is you know upwards of 20 plus grams of sugar, more than in a Coke.
0: Yeah. So it's it. They're very sweet. What's interesting is like. The, the, I guess the taste of them, some of them you're like, this is really sweet. But like Red Bull, for example, has a ton of sugar in it. But that's not the, the thing that you notice. That, that's not the chief part of like the taste or the mouthfeel. It's something different. But there's a ton of sugar in there. And sugar, the reason why there's a lot of sugar in there is because, you know, carbohydrates like sugar that are easily broken down do provide you energy. That's one of the things that they do. And so energy drinks have said, well, we'll just put a ton of sugar in here to start.
3: Yeah, and honestly, Red Mm Bull is the only one I've ever even tasted. And as soon as I did, I was like, this is not for me. So I've never even had any of the other ones. The other Um, ones can be
0: really sweet and not not like Red Bull at all, yeah. Uh,
3: Caffeine is the next uh, huge ingredient. Um, Obviously, all of these are going to have at least 150 grams of caffeine, Mm -hmm. uh, which sounds like a lot, and it is, but I think... I mean, how much is a, is a, like a large coffee has usually more than 300, right?
0: Not a large chuck, a grande has 310.
3: (laughs) Is grande the large or the medium?
0: It's the medium. Okay. Yeah. There's tall grande and venti. Ah, right, right. big, big one. But, yeah, so, like, you know, of course, coffee has a bunch in it. But uh, a 16-ounce soda has, like, 50 to 60 grams of it, right? And some of these, you know, 160 is a good average from what I saw, uh, um, 160 grams of caffeine in, like, a 16-ounce, like, one of those tall boy cans of an energy drink. So there's a lot more than there is in soda, but not quite as much in coffee. The thing is, some of those energy drinks – Do go up to like 300. Like I know Bang has 300 grams of caffeine in it, so basically double the average um, caffeine that you'll find in in other um, energy drinks. And that's just the listed stuff. As we'll see, there are, from what I can tell, depending on what it's regulated as, no requirements for listing how much caffeine is in it. And if they are required to list how much caffeine is in it, they only have to put the amount of caffeine that they're actually putting in. Like caffeine powder that was synthesized in a lab that they put into their drink, that's the only stuff that they would need to list. And there there's a lot of other caffeine sources
3: in it. I just don't see how that could still be possible
0: because the FDA is just totally owned by everybody but the American people that's why yeah. it's it's just sad and we've done episodes on that does the FDA protect Americans yeah the really eye-opening one we did on supplements you remember yeah. oh yeah like the uh, uh, an energy drink can be regulated as a beverage a food item or as a supplement like a vitamin and the food item is more regulated than the supplement is right and that's just that's just classic Fda.
3: Yeah, and I'm not even saying, like, hey, government, you should put a cap on things. Uh, but it's, it's just hard to believe they don't even have to list what is in these things.
0: Uh, right. You yeah. Know? It is very hard, especially when you start, you know, really kind of digging into <laughs> how much stuff is in this th- these things and that we don't fully understand how some of these things actually affect us, especially over the long term. And, again, some people drink three, four, five energy drinks a day, every day, and have for years. So uh, really anything, we should be studying those people. Like a gaggle of scientists should be following them around, just taking notes like every day on them.
3: Yeah, put on your uh, speed skates.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Rocket skates is more (laughs) like it, am I right?
3: Yeah, we tried to follow them around, but we couldn't catch up. (laughs) Uh, They
0: were on too much Sunny D rise. (laughs)
3: uh taurine of course is still in there like we mentioned um how much do you want to get into to taurine i'd like to talk about it a little bit all right hit it go ahead (laughs) uh well like we said we've been synthesizing it uh from the the ox bile for many years now Mm -hmm. um human beings can actually synthesize it uh to some degree right
0: yeah, so it's not it's, it's not an essential nutrient for us, but we do need more, I think, than we produce. So we get it from other sources like meat and fish and stuff like that. And the synthesized version of it, like that you would take as a supplement, has been used. It in Japan they treat it, uh, use it to treat congenital heart disease. Um, they've shown that it treats metabolic diseases, inflammatory diseases like arthritis, um, and it does have an effect on human performance, like endurance of elite athletes, given taurine, show like a a difference in how well they perform. By itself though, right? Yes. Like you can take supplements of it. And there's usually about 2,000 milligrams of taurine in an energy drink, and that is a high dose of taurine. And we do know from study that taurine does have generally positive effects on humans. But again, that's a really high dose, and we don't know— how much, you know, a dose like that multiple times a day, every day will affect
3: you. Yeah, and then how it interacts with uh, caffeine and sugar and all the other things, right?
0: Right, exactly, because that's the point of an energy drink. All this stuff taken separately can affect you. We don't really understand how they interact and work together to affect you. That's the big the big question mark.
3: Yeah. Um, B vitamins are still in a lot of these energy drinks just like they were – uh, with that initial uh, initial Japanese elixir mm-hmm. um, B vitamins are, are you know can be really good for your body for sure um, but we again uh, combine with all the sugar um, we don't know like what kind of effect uh, a lot of the kind of remaining ingredients we don't know what kind of effect it might have yeah. uh, when it comes to like ginseng and antioxidants and B vitamins and things that they kind of tout. Uh, as being, you know, good for you. We don't know what kind of effect they have in an energy drink.
0: Um, there's another one that that is pretty much in every single energy drink you'll ever find. It's called guarana, and guarana. I do want to talk a little bit more about two chucks. So it's a climbing plant native to the Amazon. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a traditional medicine there, and it's been used to treat things like fatigue, depression. Like it is a a an active. Um, a molecule that like affects human beings and one of the things that it does to affect us is it has like four times the caffeine that coffee beans do and it also acts as somehow there's some other part of it that acts as a booster to that caffeine so like some component of guarana um interacts with the caffeine in it to boost it and then would also ostensibly interact with all the other caffeine that you find floating around in an energy drink. So it actually has boosting properties. And more to the point, that 300 or 160 grams of caffeine that's listed on the label, that doesn't include the guarana, which again has four times the caffeine of coffee beans. So you really have zero idea how much caffeine you're ingesting um, whether higher or lower, um, according to the label, um, because of things like that, because it's considered an herbal supplement and you don't have to list a darn thing that's associated with that herbal supplement in the United States.
3: That's right. So that was one of the sort of, uh, well, not mystery additions, but just one of the extra caffeine additions.
0: Yeah. And again, it really does have an effect on us. We just aren't, haven't studied it closely enough to know, to predict stuff.
3: All right, another break, yes?
0: I'm ready for one.
3: All right, well, uh, we kind of been hinting around at this, but we'll talk about whether or not the energy drinks are actually uh, bad for you or even dangerous right after this.
4: As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to the Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, Chuck. So energy drinks, bad for you? Go.
3: <laughs> well, here's the deal. After researching this stuff, uh, a couple of things are clear. Um, one is kind of like with most things, if you have the occasional energy drink and it's something that you have in moderation, it's it's probably not terrible for you. It has got a ton of sugar and a ton of caffeine. So uh, just like any other sugary sodas or, or loads of caffeine, you know, um, all that stuff in moderation is probably okay. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not doctors. So if, if you have like a heart condition or super high blood pressure, uh, or like, you know, arrhythmias and things like that, and you, you want to drink a lot of energy drinks, like you may want to talk to your doctor and say, Hey, is this a bad idea? Mm -hmm. Uh, because there have been, and this, you know, we want to point out, this doesn't mean that, uh, This is an open and shut deal. But there have been a lot of lawsuits brought against energy drink companies because of uh, health problems that people have had that they at least claim uh, stem. uh, and, And I think they think it stems from energy drinks. But I think what we can probably say is and what the defendant will say which is to say these big companies is, hey, you can't draw a straight line from your stroke to my energy drink. It's like there's a lot of factors going on with your life.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if any of these has been settled yet. I haven't heard. But that the lawsuits definitely say, like, hey, this my kid was totally fine until she started drinking energy drinks. And there's a really famous, like, uh, case from 2011 of a girl in Maryland who was 14 at the time Her name was Anai Fournier, or Fournier, either one. She was 14 at the time. She drank um, two 24-ounce cans of Monster in a single day uh, and died of cardiac arrest. And she did have an existing condition, a heart condition, but it's not normally a fatal heart condition. And, like, her parents are like, your energy drink killed our kid uh, from drinking two of them in a single day. Uh, And there are, you know, it's not like there's... Tons of stuff like that. But, you know, I, I have not seen any um, any any uh, lawsuits of somebody dropping dead from drinking two Pepsis in a day or even six Pepsis in a day. So, it is, it is remarkable and noteworthy that people have suffered some serious, like, health setbacks from drinking energy drinks or at the very least around the time that they drank energy drinks.
3: Yeah, I mean, her autopsy straight up said that caffeine toxicity was a factor in her death. It didn't say— mm-hmm. And again, this is where the defense will come for these things. Is like, hey, she had a, a heart issue already, or you know, if you look through all of these lawsuits, they can. There are other contributing factors, right? But certainly, like I said, if you have a if you have a heart condition or really high blood pressure, and you're you're mowing down <laughs> six uh, six tall boy energy drinks a day, <laughs>
5: right.
3: it, it can certainly lead to some poor health outcomes.
0: It, it certainly can, especially, especially yeah, like you said, if you have a pre-existing condition, especially like um, hypertension or heart disease, because caffeine is very well known to constrict your blood vessels, but at the same time, it releases adrenaline, which increases blood flow. So you've got more blood trying to flow through tighter blood vessels, and that also occurs in your brain as well, and it can, like, that's ripe for a stroke, it's ripe for a heart attack. It can make your heart like like palpitate. There's just a lot of things that theoretically could happen and may have happened uh, if these lawsuits pan out correctly. Um, that from drinking energy drinks. But again, like you said, generally, uh, in having one once in a while, especially if you don't have a pre-existing condition, is probably not going to hurt you.
3: Yeah, I think one area that they definitely have kind of made people a little more aware of in the past like 10 years is uh, alcohol and energy drinks. Right. Um, I know like vodka and Red Bull was a really hot drink order for a while at least and uh, feels like about the midish ish 2000s. Have you ever had one? No, I don't drink it's- Red Bull. Oh, that's right.
0: It's totally, it's a totally different animal. The two things combine to create something totally different. So I can totally see why this is not not a smart thing to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, you've got two opposing factors. You have something dulling your senses combined with an upper, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, that that can lead to all sorts of problems, um, certainly with decision-making, uh, whether or not you think you can drive and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people who enjoy those drinks will tell you that's exactly why I drink them is because the upper and the, and the energy drink uh, does combat the sluggishness right. of the alcohol. Right, if you're out, you know, kind of partying on the dance floor or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was so square. Uh, yeah, we'll be partying on the dance floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, for a while there, they were actually selling like four loco was a drink uh, that was a, a pre-mixed energy vodka energy drink um, with all the you know. Standard energy drink ingredients, and uh, they the FDA basically kind of came out in 2010 and with with a stern warning to stop producing those, yeah, and uh, it, it basically effectively banned them, didn't it? Yeah, it
0: did. It, it said, you. we really strongly advise you against that. And I would guess that if the FDA advises you against that and you keep doing it, you're really opening up yourself to lawsuits, if, especially if you are harming people. And there's a really, like, um, widely cited study from 2000, well, after 2011, because that was the last date they went up to. But it was the Dawn Report, Drug Abuse Warning Network Report. Uh-huh. And they studied emergency department ED visits, Uh, that involved energy drinks among people 12 or older. And between 2007 and 2011, the emergency department visits doubled from 10,068 to 20,783 in just a few years. And so a lot of people point to that and say, yeah, energy drinks are toxic, they're poison, they're going to kill you, they're going to at the very least send you to the hospital. And other people who are like, well, hold on, let's not get into a moral panic over this. Um, These were the four loco years. And basically people agree like that widely skewed the number of emergency department visits because mixing alcohol and energy drinks is such a bad idea and has these horrid effects. As far as I know, nobody's done a follow-up study to see if it declined after Four Loco stopped being made with alcohol or with the caffeine and the taurine and the guarine. I think it's still made, but it's like a, just like a sweet malt beverage, um, malt liquor beverage now.
3: Now, do you know if bars have ceased to serve those mixed drinks from fear of lawsuits?
0: Not that I know of.
3: I'm surprised that no one's brought a lawsuit against a club, a yeah. nightclub that served someone, you know— Nine Red Bull and vodkas, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm. I. I I'm, or maybe it has it, happened. M- yeah,
0: maybe it has. It just hasn't made the news. Who knows? Uh,
3: there have been studies as far as, um, like, just heart rate and stuff like that. There was one, uh, and if, this wasn't a huge uh, population study, but um, fifteen healthy people between eighteen and forty, uh, and they had them consume two cans uh, of one of the big brands. Uh, basically every day for a week, and kind of across the board, they found, um, you know, significant increases in both heart rate and blood pressure. So, sort of on a day by day basis. So yeah, I mean, like a it,
0: significant increase.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I guess that's what people are after. So it's not like we're surprised by any of this, but that's just to say that you know when you're increasing your heart rate at a steady pace, s- sustained pace. And yeah. your blood pressure, you know, that's, that's not great for your body.
0: No, and one of the other things that turned up in that study is that it had a cumulative effect. So, your heart rate increased by uh, 8% on day one and then 11% on day seven. So, like, it had a buildup effect. Like, you didn't – your body didn't get used to it. Your body became more sensitive to it, it seemed like. So, that was one week. Imagine drinking more than two for multiple years. You can imagine that it could conceivably have a really – bad effect on your long-term cardiovascular health.
3: Yeah, but you also did find some studies that sort of uh, showed that they can increase uh, your mental performance, right, and focus?
0: Well, Red Bull specifically has been found from studies, possibly supported by the Red Bull Institute of Science and stuff, (laughs) um, (laughs) that Red Bull improves attention, concentration, memory, driving quality. Reduced variation in speed while you're driving, less mental strain in prolonged driving, which is four hours, and faster motor reaction time. Like it actually, it does have that effect on you. Um, again, it's just a question of, you know, what's the health trade-off if there is any, and we definitely need more study on that.
3: Well, they probably could find the same results in a methamphetamine study, you know. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. Uh, what is it, uh, um, Benny's? You take some bennies. You probably do. The Was same it bennies,
3: man? We yeah. were just so square today.
0: So yeah, you take some bennies and you go get down on the dance floor.
3: Uh, but it, the real question, though, uh, my friend, is: Is Monster Energy Energy Drink a satanic drink? <laughs> <laughs> I I, I'll, I have a love hate with the internet. Don't you? <laughs> well, that's sort of uh, one of those dumb internet urban legends, right? Is that it's yeah, it's like a six 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 thing.
0: Yeah, because if you've ever seen the monster logo, it's like claw scratches that form the M. But they're clearly three separate scratches. And some people said, hey, that looks like the Hebrew vav, a Hebrew n- number, well, letter, um, that represents six, the number six. And there's three claws. So clearly, this is just saying 666 right in our face. Their, their, um, their slogan is, unleash the beast which is, of course, another name for the devil. Mm -hmm. And apparently, if you look closely, I see what people are saying. If you look at the O in Monster on the logo, there's like a cross in the middle of it, like a plus sign. Mm -hmm. But one, like the cross section is down a little further so that if you tip it up... You're, you're looking at an upside-down cross when you drink <laughs> in the it. logo. Yeah. It's just, this is what happens when you drink too much energy drinks. I was drink. to
3: say. <laughs> you start is, paying attention yeah. to stuff like this. It was wholly created from uh, from people drinking this stuff at the time. That's right. It's funny, though. So know.
0: I, I would say Chuck, jury's <laughs> out, wouldn't you? Not on whether Monster satanic or not, but on um, whether energy drinks are bad for you or not.
3: Yeah. I, they're not for me, but, um, I mean, I think any— Like, you don't want to drink six sodas a day. Right. You know?
0: They say it's all in moderation. That's the key to life.
3: You don't want to drink six Coke Zeros a day. No,
0: you really don't.
3: And also— Don't drink six anything a day except water.
0: (laughs) Or—and if you are, take the time and respect yourself enough to go look up and see, like— if, the, if anyone studied what all that stuff's going to do to you, and then make a more informed decision rather than just be like, I like this. Yeah, but we're not doctors. That's just our suggestion. Yes. You got anything agreed. else? I got nothing else. Well, since Chuck said he's got nothing else, then obviously it's time for Listener Mail.
3: Uh, I'm just going to call this a nice letter of appreciation from, uh, from a nice fella. Okay. Uh, hey guys, my name is uh, Jonathan Bednar, and I just wanted to thank you on the tremendous job that you and your team do. Uh, I operate heavy machinery all day, which seems fun, but can be rather monotonous and boring. And your podcast really gets me through the day. Uh, Whenever discussions of the podcast come up with my friends or family, I make sure to hype stuff you should know as much as possible. Uh, Just the array of topics that are researched so thoroughly is really refreshing. And I just leave off of whatever episode I was on and keep on going because even the quote, boring sounding ones end quote sometimes end up being the most interesting uh, so thanks a lot guys and P.S. Uh, P. I've listened to uh, Josh Clark's Into the World podcast about oh, five times now wow thank you uh, very fascinating stuff all the way around so uh, go check out Into the World with Josh Clark uh, if you're into movies go listen to the uh, retired movie crush but there's still a lot of absolutely really fun great movie crush episodes out there you can go listen to and um it's good stuff. So thanks Jonathan for that word of support. We need those these days.
0: Yes. Thanks a lot Jonathan. It is nice to hear that kind of thing. Um, and if you want to be like Jonathan and send us a word of support, we're always open to that. You can send it to StuffPodcast at iheartradio.com.
2: Stuff you should know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Radio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots.
2: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin,
4: And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford